He debuted in the playoffs of 1975. Longshot to make it, he bragged that he would provide for the playoffs miracles, but he liked to eat me out of house and home in the beginning. He emerged from the tunnel at Three Rivers Stadium, fearless, brash, loyal, boy. He was something. He was there when Lynn made the leap. Chase, he was there when Bettis brought it back. And I promise you, he'll be here tonight. My name is Myron Cope, 78 years young. 32 years ago, I took a gold towel and created a fog wave. The terrible towel is poised to strike. Boy, did he hey, it's Steel Soup with Kenny and Palouse. I am your co-host, Kenny Martsoff. I'm joined by Anthony Peluso. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. And uh, as our very first guest on this podcast, we have Zach Morrison. What's going on, Zach? Truly humbled to be the first guest on Steel Soup. Yes, it's uh, it's certainly an honor, and uh, I hope you appreciate it as thoroughly as you should. Um, we, we certainly appreciate you guys tuning in for this. We are a new Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, of course, and uh, just kind of want to lay out real quick kind of the direction we're looking at heading here. We, we plan to be coming to you guys prior to each game, kind of giving a little bit of a preview of the game. We'll certainly talk about the week before's games. But uh, we want to kind of focus more of our attention on being a preview of the upcoming games uh, to kind of set ourselves apart from the other great Pittsburgh Steelers podcasts out there. Uh, We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in, and we ask that you uh, take the time, hit the subscribe button, and uh, share this Steelers season with us as we go forward here. You're going to be able to uh, find this on uh, SoundCloud iTunes and uh, probably Stitcher. I think I'm going to do that too. So, lots of options for you. Yeah, well, that'll that'll certainly cover that'll cover all of the the major the major subscription services. So definitely, we'll be getting links out to to everybody to where you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, and as well as you know the SoundCloud app. All right. Well, we've had kind of a interesting off season going on here. Um, we'll kind of start things off here with the draft um you know one of the things we really needed coming into the draft here was help with our defensive backfield and you know we we certainly get that here with first round pick Artie Burns um we kind of got sniped a little bit here by the Bengals with taking William Jackson three who you know would have been an ideal fit here now Anthony when you're looking at this pick here do you think this is uh something that's going to step up and kind of improve the secondary well, I mean, it's hard to tell right now. He he really didn't play much at all in the priest. I don't think he he got in until uh, the fourth game. So I I don't see him really uh, contributing much this year. But we'll see. I mean, he has a chance to work his way up for sure. Um, it seems like Keith Butler is way more willing to put uh, rookies into the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think. You know, leading into the season here, starting with with Gay and and Cockrell at the corners is certainly not a horrible place to be. I mean, we we've all seen the frustrations that Gay can can give you, um, 
but I think that yeah, given the time to, to grow, that that Burns can really step in into this slot, hopefully, and and fulfill it. Zach, what did you think here of the first round pick? Yeah, I'm kind of with Anthony and you on this, where it's like, oftentimes you draft a cornerback and you don't really plan on him playing, you know, a lot immediately. It just it's a hard position for a rookie to acclimate himself to the NFL in. So generally, you're not trying to get immediate results when you do something like that. Uh, Burns, he seems like he's pretty raw. So and and like Anthony said, he didn't get a lot of run in the preseason. So I think expecting him to contribute much this year, especially early on, would be uh, pretty optimistic and not really realistic at all. So I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of him early on. Yeah, we're several months separated from the, from the draft here, so I don't want to dwell on every single pick and, and really overanalyze this. Many other people have already dug into this, and, and we're, we're more looking forward to the season right now than we are looking back at the draft. Well, we come in you know, with the second pick of Sean Davis, a safety out of Maryland. Um, then we end up with Hargrave, defensive tackle uh, from a really small school. This is a guy that you know people didn't really know much about, but uh, and he's you know. he's really he's he's really looked good in uh, during the off season. Really excited. Yeah, about he him. certainly is. And this was one of those when when they drafted him, I was like, uh, you know, I don't really know much about this guy. It's not one of those things where I watch a lot of South Carolina State, and then they showed his highlight reel, and and once I saw that highlight reel, I was like, wow. <laughs> this guy is a beast. And then when he really sold me is I believe he's he grew up a Steelers fan. So he was just like stoked that he got drafted. And so, you know, I kind of got a soft spot in my heart for him right there. And then by all appearances, he 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 looks like he's going to be a player. I mean, he took a took a starting spot over Dan McCullers, so Yeah, and you know, I, I've I've certainly been been very very impressed with this this guy, and it's it's interesting the the way the Steelers seem to kind of find these small school guys that are actually willing or able to to you know step in and and fulfill those roles. All right, and then you know we start digging down into the you know the the lower rounds here with with Hawkins from LSU, Feeney, Ayers, um, Zach. Looking at this draft as a whole. How would you rate this? I like it. I think that I really like the approach to load up on defense, especially right now because you know the Steelers have a really good offense, and they have a lot of good players just up and down on offense. So I think anytime you can add like impact talent to the defense, especially the defensive backfield where we saw last year and even the year before, it's it's just not good. I think last year they gave up 271 yards per game in the air, and that was worse than the NFL. So, uh, yeah, you can't really have that continue. So doing anything you can to upgrade that is pretty important for the Steelers. And I'd like to mention that uh, I'm really disappointed that you didn't watch much South Carolina State. you got to watch the MEAC. That's some good stuff. Oh, and I also got to point out that this Feeney guy, I'm a big fan of him. It's just He's not the same as the one on Boy Meets World. I thought maybe it's his son or something. Oh, okay. All right, Anthony, you know, look, looking at the draft class as a whole here, how do you feel? Well, I mean, I'm not really big on grading drafts, you know, right away. Um, it really takes a few years to, um, you know, see how it plays out. But I do. I like all of their first three picks, I think, all contribute this year. Um, 
past that, I'm not really sure. I mean, you never know. We'll see. But I'm about as happy with the draft as you possibly can be. Yeah, and and I certainly agree with you here that you know it's it's really a fool's errand to to try to grade a draft now. Um, you know, we we look back at some of you know the drafts you know from like 2012, 2013, where we were seeing a lot of offensive line, not necessarily looking great, but now you look at our offensive line, and I mean it's it's super impressive. I mean those drafts have put, paid huge dividends so far. So. Oh yeah. They, they they've nailed it there. I think when looking at drafts, it's more about like potential to make impact than like like you know grading individual players. And I think that the Steelers have a lot of guys just based on position alone that have the potential to impact their team. Yeah, and I think when we look at this year, there was a lot of holes that were filled, holes that needed filled. We we've got you know cornerback safety in the first two rounds those were spots that needed taken um you know we didn't see a linebacker so and then you know when we look at hargrave here i mean this guy it's got just huge potential this very well could be something that two three years from now we'll be talking about what kind of a steal they got you know with the 89th overall pick here and it's our if if you can get one great player out of a draft i think you've done pretty good um if you can get two or three, then you're you've done really good, and it looks like they already have at least one. So, right. I mean, I think we can certainly kind of count on Hargrave being an immediate impact player, which is something that you kind of don't see a lot from a third round pick. I mean, it's not completely unheard of, but you know, your expectations once you get into the third rounds aren't okay. This guy's going to help us this year. I think I need to remind you that Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. <laughs> Antonio Brown, too. And, and he has such pretty hair. In case you haven't heard. All right, um, a couple of other things that we've seen here in the offseason. Um, we had the trade for Justin Gilbert. You know, We're talking a guy that uh, was kind of on the outs here, and the, uh, the Steelers kind of take a little bit of a flyer here. What are your thoughts on that, Zach? Well, I know it's a Steelers podcast, but it's this seems a lot like a Pirates kind of thing to do where you get a talented guy and you kind of get him on the cheap, I guess, and see if you can kind of make that talent come to fruition. And that's what this really smells like to me. He's only 24 and he was a top 10 draft pick. So, And then you look at the pass defense, like I said, like we all said, really, it's just not good. So anytime you can bring in a guy who has the talent and you have good defensive coaches. I think it's a thing you got to try to do anytime. Oh, absolutely. And they got him for a sixth-round pick. Right. Now, that says a lot. I mean, the guy was two years removed from being the eighth overall pick. How often do you see guys like that get traded two years into their career? And then on top of that, the Browns trade him to the Steelers. So. They really didn't want that guy for whatever reason. Yeah, and I think you you bring up an important point here is that this was pretty much a steal. And we're talking about a kid that has a lot of athleticism and a fair amount of skill here. Um, he just has some off-field issues, you know, and uh, 
but you know he's tucked in behind gay you know and we, we mentioned not not long ago here uh, that, that gay can be kind of frustrating so this is one of those things if he pans out this is a you know a huge win and, and we'll i mean we'll see um i would say the chances that it works out are very very low but i mean this is we've all said he has all the talent in the world the steelers really liked him coming out of that draft I believe they were looking at him and would have drafted him if the Browns had not taken him. They got Ryan Shazier instead. I think it worked out, but um, yeah, he. I mean, there's 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 potential there. So for six round pick, I mean, it's really a no brainer. I think. The last time I remember seeing Cleveland be like, okay, we got to get rid of this guy, was with Trent Richardson, and. Uh, you know, I mean that that didn't long term pay off for for the Colts, but immediately it, it did. You know, they they got him for a steal as well. So, moving along here to uh, to some contract situations that we've seen here, um, we had a, a restructuring of Antonio Brown's contract. You know, this isn't an extension. This is just a restructuring. They basically moved a chunk of his salary up to give him this year as opposed to him having to wait till 2017 um you know this this is one of those things that that he he certainly deserved i mean this guy's shown that that he's well worth the money um zach do you think this might go in a way that that might help the steelers to be able to sign him long term after this yeah i think well, obviously, Antonio Brown is like your big star, so you have to do whatever it takes to kind of keep him happy. Especially as a receiver, they just they just have it seems like a different mental outlook all the time. So they're they need to be happy. So that's a big deal. And then obviously, with him being more happy, and then you know you kind of catering to his desires a little more. I think it like anybody would be more likely to want to re re up with you know his boss that treats him fairly I, I he's he's one of the best players in the game and the Steelers rewarded him for it and that's a big deal right and and you you brought up Tom Brady being a 6 round draft pick Antonio Brown was also a 6 round draft pick and and certainly is probably the best most dynamic player in the game right now so and uh the Steelers didn't actually spend any new money on this so everybody wins Right, yeah, this was more just a restructuring. Um, you know, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2018. So we're going to see. Now, now one thing we've seen with the Steelers here is that there's really an unwillingness to negotiate extensions until the final year of the contract, only exceptions really being in the quarterback spot. Um, so I, I fully expect that this restructuring, moving money forward to 2016, is being done in anticipation of the Steelers thinking there is going to be a contract extension done during the course of the 2017 season. And, and you know, if that gives us, you know, more time of Ben and Antonio Brown, that's just all the better for, for us because there really isn't a better duo in the game right now, I, I don't think. All right, now the, the next contract issue that we've seen here and uh, – you know, I, I kind of uh, talked about the offensive line a little bit when we were talking about the draft. Um, we see here um, David DeCastro getting a contract extension. 
Now, he, he's the number one pick in 2012, and now he joins um, Pouncey, Gilbert, Foster, all four of those, four of the five lines that linemen that have received a, a new deal here in the offseason. Uh, the DeCastro deal here is five years, uh, $50 million, 16 of its signing bonus, average yearly salary of $10 million. This guy's proven to be well worth that. Andy's 26 years old, already has five years of experience. This takes him through his, his age 31 season. W what are your thoughts on this signing here, Anthony? Um, I, you know, it's, it's like you said, he's worth, he's worth every penny too. Um, that, that, that line is in great shape right now with, uh, you know, you got Gilbert, who I think is severely underrated. And then, uh, the Castro, Pouncey and Foster, they're, uh, they're as solid as it gets. So, yeah. And, and we've really seen now, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that Lev Bell would be, you know, stacking up yards even behind a mediocre line but when you know when you look at the running production that we've seen behind this line i mean we had d'angelo williams step in last year and just tear it up when you know it's been years since he's been able to do that so you have to kind of think the line has a, a fair amount to do with that and, and hopefully we're going to see that here in the first couple of games of this season zach what are your thoughts here on the De, on the de castro signing yeah, I like it. Kind of echoing Anthony's statements, it's, we have a good core offensive line, and it's, it's nice to see them kind of keep that together, and they're all, for the most part, homegrown guys. Uh, it'd be nice um, to see Pouncey stay healthy this year and kind of get a full season of them all together, because if they can all stay together like that, uh, D'Angelo Williams and Le'Veon Bell, they're both in for big years, and so is uh, the whole offense, really. I mean... If they can all stay healthy, especially like uh, DeCastro and Pouncey, it's going to be like a really good year for the Steelers' offense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very giddy thinking about the offense, and we're going to look a little deeper into that here coming gonna, coming up shortly. Um, but I think one of the the really important things to to look at here with the DeCastro signing, and then looking back at over the past couple of years, we've seen the extensions with you know Foster and uh, Pouncey and um, Gilbert, and, and now we're seeing DeCastro, is keeping these guys together uh, as well as, you know, having been there. I know I know we're, we're kind of new with the tight end spot here, you know, not having Heath back. But all of that chemistry kind of leads to, you know, a lot more cohesion early in the season. This is something we saw with, with the opening game Thursday night with, with Cam Newton. Um, just completely out of sync, and it was you know ten minutes left in the first half when they used all of their first half timeouts, and then in that crucial drive at the end of the game, having to use timeouts there, you know the communication wasn't there, getting the plays in, getting the plays called wasn't there. Now when we have these guys having all of this time together, that kind of takes away the risk of of things like that happening. Oh yeah, continuity on the offensive line is huge. Yeah. I couldn't agree agree more. In general, I'm 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 huge on that. I think it's the, like the most important thing your team can have is being on the same page, knowing what everyone else is doing. Because if one person doesn't isn't on the same page, the whole thing collapses. So, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. All right. Now let's 
let's kind of take a look at the offense as a whole this season. And, and we'll start with you here, Zach. What are your overall expectations for this offense this season? Well, a lot of good stuff. That's that's like the easiest way to say it. Obviously, it'd be nice if Bell and Martavis Bryant could stop being idiots and getting suspended. But uh, even without those guys, it's still a potent offense with a ton of explosiveness. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, D'Angelo Williams, he's definitely the best backup running back in the NFL, so he can easily take over for what they're missing with Bell, especially, like we mentioned earlier, the offensive line. Uh, Antonio Brown, the best best player in the NFL. Marcus Wheaton, it's a nice little guy to have. Uh, Sammy Coates, it seems like he's in in the line for a big year. It, Jesse James getting his first like real chance at playing time. Uh, it'd be nice to see him kind of do something, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, the good air attack, good ground game. This it's like a really complete offense. Yeah, it there, there's a lot of excitement building about this. I mean, this Anthony, this very possibly could be the best offense in the NFL this year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, if they stay healthy, there's no question about it. I don't, I don't know who. Nobody can top them. In fact, I, I would go as far as saying it could be one of the best offenses, if not the be best, the best offense that the team's ever had. So, I mean, there, there there is a lot to be excited about, but at the same time, I'm I'm terrified because you know we saw last year how easily it can all fall apart, and we're already out Le'Veon Bell and Martavis Bryant. So it's just you know I'm kind of gun shy. Yeah, and and these suspensions here. Uh... I mean this this is all boneheaded stuff but you know I think I think we can all agree that that you know the the marijuana suspensions are, are something that there are, are it's just ridiculous stuff here um, I mean I understand the NFL they feel like they have an image problem and they do but that that image problem is the result of them not taking domestic violence as seriously as they're taking these you know marijuana suspensions I mean, we're not talking about performance-enhancing drugs here. We're talking, you know, just a guy. And, and yeah, maybe, I, I know, you know, I, I certainly understand the NFL or any employer, for that matter, just being like, no, we don't want that. Right. They all have a right to, they all have a right to say that. But I just think it's harmful. That's it, it, it's what it is. It's harmful. And it, things should be changed. Yeah, I mean... It's it's boneheaded for for these guys. They know the suspension could be there, but at the same time, it, it's I mean, when a rule's stupid, it, it's stupid. Nothing changes the fact that it's stupid. So, yeah, I, I feel like we're all on the same page here. Like uh, marijuana, it shouldn't be like as taboo as it is, but for now, that is the rule. So you, you kind of have to follow it, or you're gonna get these suspensions, and you're gonna let your team down and your fans, and it's gonna be frustrating. Yeah, and it, it certainly is frustrating, you know, especially being the second year in a row we're, we're, we're without Le'Veon Bell. Such an important key to the offense. And, and it's just this really highlights how incredible of a deal that was to go out and sign D'Angelo Williams last year, knowing of the suspension last year. If he's even anywhere near what he did last year to start this season off without Lev Bell, uh, that it's 
it's just an incredible, incredible job by the front office to bring in Williams like that. Now, I think I'm going to agree with uh, with you guys here as far as the offensive outlook of this team. I think it, it could be incredible. Um, you know, I mean, there there could be records set this year. There, this is by far going to be, assuming that they stay healthy here, and that's the key, and that's always you know the key. I'm sure, but you know that's that's the key here is, is being able to stay healthy. This offense could just be absolutely incredible this year, and and I'm I'm very excited to to uh, to see how it goes. All right, now Anthony, looking at the defense now. Now, now the defense has been something that the Steelers have have been able to take pride in for years and years and years. We've got you know the Steel Curtain, Blitzburg, uh, so many incredible defensive players coming through this system. Um, over the past couple of years, we haven't seen that dominant defense. Um, you know, we've seen a little bit of weakness in the secondary. Um, we've seen development happening at the linebacker spots. Um, but you know we're still a little bit young there. Um, what what are your expectations here for for the defense? Well, I'm actually in a minority here, but I am not really all that concerned about the defense. And the reason for that is I've had this theory for a long time about how the defense has been changing in the NFL, and I've actually pulled up some stats and looked. I've been meaning to do this forever, but no better time now than I actually do it. Um, now, in uh, from 1995 until 2008, team offenses usually averaged between probably it's the lowest I think was 15 and the highest was 328. There's a little fluctuation, but for the most part, they all stayed the same. Now, in 2009, which happens to be the year when they started going after you know head-to-head and changing the penalties and you know all that stuff everything started increasing every year it was a new record 2009 was 335 next year was 336 then it went up to by 10 and finally two last year it was up at 352 which was easily the all-time high now my thing is that that is rendering the yardage meaningless basically the time of the game hasn't changed at all so teams have just as much time as they had before but now they're, they're getting way more chances to score and the only way to really stop them is by turning forcing turnovers and i think that's the more important stat um is turnovers and the steelers were number four in turnovers last year so if they can improve in that at all, um, you know, they're, they're more than good enough, I think, to, you know, get the job done. Yeah, no, you, you bring up some pretty important points there. There, there. there certainly is an ongoing shift in the paradigm of how the game is played. And, uh, yeah, I, I think you're bringing up some really good stuff there, Anthony. All right, Zach, what do you think here looking at the defense? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not quite as optimistic, but you look at the front seven, that's up there with some of the best in the NFL, I'd say, especially like with Cam Hayward and expected improvement from Stephon Tuitt. And then, like we mentioned earlier, Hargrave seems to be coming into his own, so he, that could be a 
big improvement for the Steelers, too. And then if Shazier can stay healthy, that's a big thing because he hasn't really been able to do that that often. Uh, maybe something out of Jarvis Jones, that'd be cool. But, I mean, like, like Anthony said, the fourth in uh, turnovers last year, if they can keep producing turnovers and... I mean, let's be real here. The defense doesn't have to be that good. We mentioned it earlier. The The offense is going to do more than its fair share for the Steelers. It's not like this has to be a steel curtain defense for the Steelers to be successful. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And and I think probably the biggest thing that the defense hinges on here, the biggest thing <clears throat> would be health. If we can keep, you know... Hayward to it and and Hargrave healthy. I th- I think you know that certainly gives us a chance. And you, know, you bring up Jarvis Jones, yeah, that's uh, that is a thing. But we also still have, albeit a well-aged James Harrison in there behind him to, to to step in to to spell him. So you know we have that going on. But I I think you bring up the the biggest and most important point here is that this defense doesn't need to be that good as long as the offense stays healthy. And, and I mean, they, they're going to make it to where, you know, the defense, they, they're going to take all the pressure off of the defense, and they're going to do it early on in games. So Yeah, and then not to mention, though, the offense is so good that you might think it's good to have the offense because you keep the defense off the field. But my thing is the offense might be too good. They, they might have to force the defense to be on the field way more than – you think because maybe they're scoring too quickly. Yeah. Yeah, that could definitely yeah. happen. And we've seen it happen. I mean, how many times last year did, you know, a 50-plus yard touchdown? Yeah, and, th- and that's the thing with having Antonio Brown is that danger is always looming. You know, you know very first play of the drive, first and, and 10 from the 20, it's very, very possible that this guy takes it 80 yards to the house and then defense right back out there. Yeah, and you have that like all over the field, too, when the Steelers are on offense. I can only, like, if, if Martavis Bryant was able to play, that this would be, bar none, like the best offense ever. Oh, absolutely. It, there would be not even be a question. There's nothing you can do. Like, there's just, there's too much talent there's too much explosiveness everywhere you can't cover it all yeah no i absolutely agree i mean it's it's an an incredibly dangerous offense and you know you, you bring up missing out on old marty b what are you guys' thoughts here as far as you know wide receiver goes who are we going to see fill in that spot you know i, I mean we 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 kind of know we're going to have antonio and marcus wheaton as the one two punch here um Anthony, what are your expectations here? Do you do you expect a, um, Darius Hayward Bay to be, you know, the the number three guy go to go to, or or do you think it'll be more of Sammy Coates stepping up, or even Eli Rogers? Um, yeah, I don't think we've talked enough about Eli Rogers. Uh, he's a guy who's he's had a really good preseason, uh, kind of working his way up all year, and. Uh, Ben seems like, I mean, he works hard, and it looks like he's going to be getting a lot of time in the slot Monday night with uh, Marcus Wheaton being out. But, yeah, you throw in Coates and Hayward Bay, and you really have a lot of depth there right now, and it's it's a good thing to have. Yeah, and that's the good thing here is you, you – I mean, teams are pretty much forced to, to 
double cover Antonio Brown. But that's where, you know, the second and third read being as talented as they are right now becomes a really dangerous thing. Yeah, and I think having a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, you know, with Antonio Brown, it takes so much pressure off the other guys because, like you said, if teams are doubling Antonio Brown, it makes it so much easier for a guy like Wheaton or Coates to, you know, step up because there's less, you know, kind of focus on them from the defense. So it's just, it, by like, by default, it makes it easier for them. And I think Ben, in particular, like, he just, he can make a lot of guys better than they actually are. So I'm not really worried about, you know, anything with this offense. Like, yeah, Martavis Bryant is out, and that sucks because with him, it just adds a whole other dimension. But even without him, it's still going to be a dynamic offense. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, you know, we, we've kind of taken a pretty in-depth look here at the uh, offseason, probably a little bit deeper than we planned on going. Um, so let's kind of shift focus here a little bit, and let's look at Monday night because – the time is is on us. You know, the season is here. This is uh, you know, the, the this is this is where it all starts, and and I for one am, am just extremely excited about it. So we start off Monday night football with the Washington Redskins. Um, now now the 2015 Redskins they kind of overachieved a little bit. Um, you know they weren't weren't exactly a bad team, uh, at least not as bad as they looked to be on paper. But these guys have added, you know, Josh Norman from Carolina, an incredible cornerback. And this is going to, you know, this is going to prove to be a very interesting matchup here with, with Antonio Brown and Josh Norman. Um, but they did lose some talent here on defense. Uh, you know, with Terrence Knighton, um, you know, one of their best run defense defenders gone and then Jason Hatcher one of their best pass rushers gone um you know offense they lost Alfred Morris I don't know that that's actually a big deal I don't know if that's actually a deal um but it, it did happen so this is a you know th this is kind of an interesting matchup here to, to start the season off with I think we're looking at a team here that's you know they're probably going to be around a 500 team in my opinion um they're they're not incredibly awful, uh, but not incredibly good. You do have Kirk Cousins here at quarterback, you know, anchoring the offense. Not not a horrible quarterback, really. He had a pretty pretty good season last year. A couple decent targets to throw to with Deshaun Jackson and, and P Pierre Garcon. Uh, kind of a mess at, at running back. You have Matt Jones. Not a bad year last year. Not looking so great in the preseason. It's kind of uh, doubtful in my mind that he'll be able to recreate that season from last year. Anthony, looking at this game, what are your initial thoughts? Well, I'm I'm actually kind of relieved. Um, it seems like the last few years the Steelers have been getting pretty tough games uh, to open up with. Um, and by no means is this an easy game, but it's 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 definitely a winnable game and. It, a game that they should win, I think. Um, you know, like you said, they're they're about average. Kirk Kirk Cousins is decent, and he could very easily uh, just pick the Steelers apart, I think. But um, as long as they minimize the the points and force some turnovers, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, and I kind of look at this Zach as maybe being kind of a a higher scoring matchup. Um, you know. 
that you, you can't really doubt that there is an offensive strength with the Redskins. Um, I don't know how much cohesion there is all around through there. Um, but yeah, you know, there, there's some skill there. And, and Garcon, it's, he, he's a, he's a couple years separated from having great seasons like he had in Indianapolis. I still think he is a dynamic player that's capable of making big plays. So, you know, I, I think, you know, th this could be a, a, a well-scoring affair. What's your, your initial take here, Zach? I agree with you. I agree with both of you, actually. I think this is going to be a kind of a shootout. And the good the good news for the Steelers, though, is that I don't think any team in the NFL can compete with the Steelers in a shootout. So that's obviously a good thing. But uh, after all this talking about the Redskins offense, and no one mentioned Jordan Reed yet. And Jordan Reed is one of Kirk Cousins' favorite targets. So, yeah, that's – I mean, you look at him with Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Gosson. There is, like, a lot of fun skill on this team. Uh Kirk Cousins, he's so good. Like he's just he's underrated, man. Last year he threw 29 touchdowns, 4,200 yards, but in the final eight games he threw 19 touchdowns with only two picks. So, like he really turned it on at the end of the season, and it'll be interesting to see if he kind of continues that this year and builds off of that because it's a this definitely has the makings of an offense that can be pretty dangerous. Yeah, and you know. This was one of those things in my my big fantasy football league, my league of record. I was just giddy as hell that I was able to to draft Kirk Cousins in the ninth round, um, and and I also have Jordan Reed, so that's kind of the anchor of my team there. So yeah, I, I have to agree. This is a solid offense, or I wouldn't have done that. Um, but you know, speaking here of tight end though, Anthony, one thing that I look for this week to be a, a big, big thing is, you know, the outlaw Jesse James. I expect to see Ben hit him, um, getting him involved in this offense earlier. What are your projections here for, for James? He's not a very good blocker, but I don't think he – he's an underrated pass catcher. I think he could definitely be like a safety valve for Ben. Um, you know, the limited time that they played together in the preseason – that I actually watched, um, they look good together. Like I, I could see him, you know, getting six, seven hundred yards, a few touchdowns. But um, no, he's not going to be Heath. Nobody's going to be Heath. Um, he's not going to be, you know, a Pro Bowl or anything like that. But he doesn't need to be. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think you know, you're absolutely right. He's he doesn't have the full skill set that that Heath had. Um, or has. I'm sure he, he's still more than capable. Um, and I'm sure you're listening, Heath. I, that wasn't meant as an insult. I, I meant you has. has. Um, he, he doesn't have the blocking abilities. But there, there did seem, Zach, to be a bit of a chemistry going there throughout the preseason. Do, do you kind of see this maybe as one of those situations where James might grow into being a decent tight end? I mean, yeah, he's got the he's got the makings of being the next Heath Miller. Am I right? He's like a big white tight end. I'm kind of interested to see how many Heaths we get this year, even though Heath Miller's not around. I mean, I I think early on we're gonna get some good ones. Not to mention he's a Penn State graduate, so um, you know I got a soft spot for him. I think he might catch hundred balls this year. But like, really though, with all the talent around him, it's gonna be kind of. I think a safety valve is a good word for it because 
the defense is not going to be focused on Jesse James. So I think for him to be an impact, it's it's kind of going to be a little easier for him than a lot of other guys, just because like the defense is going to pay no attention to him because he's just Jesse James. Look at all the other guys around him. You're not planning for Jesse James. So I think safety valve, like you guys said, is a great word, sort of how Heath Miller was. Yeah, and I think you know that's going to add an interesting layer of depth to this offense. Um, you know that that's already built with so many weapons that you know, just like you said, it it kind of forces you to to look past this guy. And we already know how well Ben is at extending plays and finding that open guy. It, it could be a, a very big year for him. You know, maybe not a very big year, but he could have some very big games. And uh, you know, with this tight Norman and and uh, Antonio Brown matchup going on here, I think that this game kind of leans a little bit in his direction to where maybe this might be one of those for him. Yeah, and he's Jesse James. He's kind of a sneaky athlete too. Like he's always had kind of a good athleticism to him for a tight end. He's kind of had a case of the dropsies so hopefully that's not so much of a thing for him anymore because if it's not i mean he has talent to be really good if he can get that blocking like even get just better at it you know i don't expect him to be like you know one of the best blockers in the nfl or anything but just be work you know serviceable and if you can add some kind of a dimension with the pass catching i mean i would just come he'd come back to it's going to be a great offense regardless so I mean, it, with so many weapons, it makes everybody else better. It's kind of a snowball effect. Yeah, he and like, like you said, he's 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 the the least of the defense's worries pretty much at any time unless uh, Will Johnson or Rosie Nix are on the field. So, so you know he's gonna get some chances. And you like I think it was the New Orleans preseason game, like Kenny was saying, Ben bought some time. Jesse James found you know an open lane, and Ben hit him for the touchdown. So, I mean, that's something we could see, you know, repeatedly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, You know, I think this is just one of those games that really kind of leans that way when we're looking at kind of a, a bolstered secondary here with the Redskins picking up Josh Norman. So, you know, I mean, this might not be – a thing all year, you know, where every game you can look for for huge games from 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 the outlaw here. But I do, I I look for this to be one of those games that, that he has a big game. Yeah, Brown versus Norman's gonna be fun, but I don't expect Norman to get the better end of that matchup. I I don't think anybody can cover Brown. Yeah, I don't think anybody gets the better of of Antonio Brown. And Josh Norman is in for a long year because if if you look at uh, you know all the receivers he's going up against this year, it's insane. And he's gonna he's starting off right with the Antonio Brown, so it's gonna be interesting to watch how he handles it. Yeah, and I mean he's got two games against Odell Beckham. You know, I mean he, this guy's got a rough year ahead of him. I know he's good, and I I know he, he's you know these guys are so driven. You know, you don't get to be you don't get to play at that level without being extremely driven. So I, I know he thinks he's up for the task, but you know, th- this could be pretty tough on him. I will say this, if he does do well this year, there will be no doubt in anyone's mind that he is one of the best, if not the best. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I think he has a huge year if he can shut down Antonio. You know, like we said, a couple against against Odell Beckham. Um, they're 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 against the Falcons, so you know he's got Julio Jones, Des Bryant twice. Yeah, Des Bryant twice. So yeah, and, and you know maybe that second one with Tony Romo back too. So that could be even more dangerous. So yeah, I mean it. You would have to consider him probably the best if he has a huge year. But I'm looking forward to seeing Antonio Brown started off on a very sour note. Oh, I can't wait. I'm I'm I've never been so excited to watch a player than I am about Antonio Brown this year. I'm just excited to watch him as I am to watch the watch. You think you would get to the point where he can't surprise you anymore, but this guy finds a new way. <laughs> and that's exactly the thing. It's like, okay, well, for a while there, you know, probably, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, when he was just really starting to get into it, you know, every week, I'm like, okay, he has to have a, a mortal game sooner or later, right? And he just kept delivering, and it's it's amazing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... It's just a, it's unbelievable to have a guy like that on your team, and you know he's just he's just amazing. All right, guys, before we close out this Redskins series, um, I kind of want to take a quick look at the AFC North here. Um, so kind of head around the table, kind of give our predictions of you know what kind of records we're going to see from these AFC North teams, and then you know. You know, we'll see who 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 we consider to to, to be the, the winner of this division. Um, you know, when I look at this AFC North, I mean, honestly, I think you could say that anybody could win it except the Browns. Um, but I think that's given Baltimore a fair amount of credit here. Um, this is a team that's kind of in shambles. I mean, they have like 25 running backs and, and 35 tight ends, and nobody knows which one of them is going to start or where they're going to be. I mean, they cut Justin Forsett only to rehire him like you know two days later, and then give him the full money back. You know, they, this started to smell of some kind of you know bullshit trickery of of salary dumping. But no, he he recovers all of his money in the re-signing. Um, you know, it, it it that team seems to be in shambles. So I'm kind of thinking, yeah, it, this is probably going to be head to head between the Steelers and the Bengals here. You're forgetting one thing. What's that? They have Joe Flacco. Oh yes, the elite is Joe Flacco elite. The elite he is Joe very Flacco. Elite. Thank you. <laughs> well, the the thing is with that is. You also add in Mike Wallace, and we know Mike Wallace still has the speed. And we know Joe Flacco's favorite play is the straight out with the fast guy and throw the ball as high and far as you can and get the pass interference call. And I think Wallace plays right into that play. So, yeah, you, you know, th- this actually, you know, that, that could pull them through a few games. Oh, I could absolutely see Mike Wallace, you know, put up like 175 yards on the Steelers on Christmas or something like that. Just, it's just, it just sounds right. Yeah, that'll be painful to watch. All right, guys, let's start here with the Browns. Zach, looking at this Browns team, I mean, we we've got RG three, 
right? You know, I mean, how much bigger can you be with that? Um, decent draft class, though. We got Corey Coleman coming in. Um, you know, they 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 have a overall you know a fairly decent draft class. What what kind of what kind of season do you see for the for the Browns here, with the record also? Yeah, it seems like the Browns. You know, they have good talent like across their roster. Actually, like you look at the once Josh Gordon comes back, they're going to have the two Baylor kids playing receiver. That's dynamic stuff right there. Um, Gary Barnage kind of broke out last year. Uh, Duke Johnson in the backfield. RG three. It, it kind of a lot of it depends on RG three. Like. Is he going to be good again, or is he going to suck? And is he going to stay healthy? Um, you know, just being Cleveland and stuff, and, you know, Brownsy, I, I kind of feel 5-11 five, five and 11 maybe for them, just because I, no matter how much talent they have, I just have a hard time, you know, predicting them to be good, just because they haven't in so long. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really hard to, you know, to look at a Cleveland team and just be like, yeah, you know, they, they did get the championship monkey off their back this year. Um but yeah, uh, what do you think here, Anthony? Yeah, you know, I mostly agree with Zach. It's hard to you know ever expect the Browns to get more than six wins just because they're the Browns. But I actually really like you know they hired Hugh Jackson as head coach over the offseason, and that's a really good hire. Probably the first good hire they've made in you know since they came back seventeen years ago. So I really like that. Yeah, I, I think that that one there was probably the smartest move we've seen from the Browns since they became this new Browns. And then uh, one guy I think people are sleeping on is uh, Terrell Pryor. Um, you know, he he obviously came into the league as a quarterback, but he's 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 big, he's tall, and he's fast, and he's probably one of the most athletic uh, guys in the league. The question is can he transition to being a receiver? And it looks like he might be able to. And if he can, and RG3 stays healthy and Josh Gordon comes back and looks like he did, you know, two, three years ago, then they could have a, you know, they could score some points. Uh, I don't know how good their defense is going to be. But, um, yeah, they they could be competitive. Um, I could see them winning seven games. I, I agree you know, completely with, with um, pretty much everything that both of you have said, you know, I think, I think that, that the Browns are starting to make smarter choices, you know, as far as personnel goes, you know, with, with regards to both the coaching staff and player personnel. Um, I mean, they, they still got a lot of, a lot of work to go. Uh, one thing that scares me the most with this Browns team is, is how long will Josh Gordon be back? Um, this guy's kind of shown a a willingness to just you know ignore all the rules that that are given to him, and you know one more incident here, and I mean this guy's probably done for life. Um, maybe maybe that's drilled into his head enough that he's going to keep keep on the straight and narrow, and uh, you know make this work this time. I would say Gordon healthy, or Gordon, you know, stays healthy and keeps his nose clean and, and provides for that, that second half of the season there. I, I think that this team could win some games in that second half, but I do think they're going to struggle early on. Um, I think Duke Johnson is going to take a little bit of time to, to really adapt to, to, to his new surroundings. Um, 
I think it's probably going to be a little bit less of a good year than, than you guys are giving them credit for. But I think it's going to be mainly because of early season struggles. And I think later in the season, we're actually going to see a somewhat more improved Browns team. I think they're going to go 4-12 and 12 this year. And I could see that too. I could see them going one and fifteen. They're the, I mean, they're the Browns. I'm probably giving them way too much credit, but yeah, I, I felt like I was being negative with five and eleven. Yeah, well, like I said, I think we're going to see competent football from them later on into the second half. You know, I think once Gordon gets back and you know reacclimates himself with the team, you know. It's him and RG3 on on the same page. And once Duke Johnson really, you know, gets the feel of his role back there, you know, I mean, that, that's some talent right there. Um, but, yeah, you know, a lot of it does depend on RG3, um, what kind of level he can play at, can he stay healthy. Um, if he's, you know, like he was early on at Washington, with some of the talent surrounding him, this team could really put up some wins. Yeah, I think RG three. He's always been. He's he's always had a strong arm. So I mean, you look at Corey Coleman and Josh Gordon. If like you said, if Josh Gordon can even ever come back, because four weeks is a long time for him to stay clean. So hell, he might not even see the field. He might not even get past that suspension. But if he can, like you have two really good deep threats, like just two athletic freaks. It's gonna be really hard to cover them. Right. Yeah, absolutely, it will be. So. We'll move on to the Ravens here. Now, the Ravens had a really, really disappointing year last year, and I, for one, don't feel bad about it. Uh, they went 5-11, and 11, um, mostly because, you know, you ended up with Flacco, Forsett, Steve Smith, uh, Brashad Perriman, um, Suggs. There was others. I mean, the, I mean, I, yeah, of course there were others, but there was other bigger names that landed on the injured reserve. Um a lot of injuries, man. You know, it was just a tough, tough, tough season for these guys. Can they bounce back, Anthony? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I mean, you know, anything's possible. They've shown in the past that they're they're not, you know, a dumb franchise. So I don't expect them, you know, to be the Browns forever. But I just, I don't know. I don't see anything that gives me, you know, any optimism for them. Um, Now, granted, they'll still probably beat the Steelers at least once and maybe sweep them again because that's how it's been going lately. But, um, no, I don't don't see them winning very many games. You know, seven at the most, I would probably say, you know, another five and 11, six and 10 season. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think, to me, that that sounds pretty fair. I I was – I was looking seven and nine when when I really first drew this up, and I was kind of trying to talk myself into taking it to eight and eight, and I just couldn't because, I mean, we're looking at a team that that really just doesn't make a whole lot of sense right now. I mean, they've got their 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 running back situation doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, you've got it's it it was no more than two weeks ago it was Terrence West's spot. Um, then you know it's four set spot, and then four set gets cut, and it's gonna be it's back to West and Dixon and Paramount. And you know it 
none of it really makes any real sense. I mean, I know they're building for the future, and I know that, that Dixon's their future running back, but you would think that there would be a little bit more certainty here as far as, you know, let's get this guy carries now, and they don't seem to be willing to do that. That Their tight end situation is kind of a mess. So, yeah, you know, I... I tried to go up to eight and eight from seven and nine, and I and I've actually dropped it down to six and ten, just because they they don't seem ready right now. They their organization just doesn't seem like it really has a good grasp on what's going on at this point. It could change. It might drift a little bit closer to that that seven wins, but I'm I'm thinking six right now. Yeah, you said you had to kind of convince yourself to get up to 8-8. Eight eight. That's actually where I started, just because they are the Ravens, and they're so damn annoying and pesky. But then you look at their roster, and it's like we talked about consistency and like continuity earlier, and that's kind of the opposite of what they are right now. Like last year, their defense was just atrocious, especially the secondary. But And then the running back situation, like Kenny mentioned, so many moving parts. The NFL, it's so dependent on, like, knowing your role and, you know, fitting the scheme. And it's just, there's a lot of players like, you know, Brashad Perryman. They got to try to work him in this year. And then Joe Flacco, he is what he is. Like, it's just, it's underwhelming kind of everywhere. So, with that being said, they are the Ravens. So, I just have a hard time seeing them be a complete dumpster fire. So, I think after starting with 8-8... Eight and eight, I'm kind of down to six and ten where Kenny was. Like it's just that's kind of what I see. Yeah, it's you know I it doesn't make me sad to feel this way about the Ravens, honestly. Um, and you know, nor should it. But yeah, this is uh, this is kind of where we are, and I know they're rebuilding. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where things go from here. But yeah, I. I think, you know, right now Cincinnati is far and away the biggest competitor in this in this conference right now. So or well in the division, not in the conference. I think that's still, you know, lands probably on on the Patriots, but maybe the Raiders. They're actually looking like they could be pretty good this year. So let's move along to the Bengals now since we, you know, I know <laughs> I'm kind of going through these from bottom up in the order that I had them. And, and it seems like so far it's followed. Um, they've they've been between 10 and 12 wins each of the last four seasons. Um, you know, looking at this team, they're all still pretty much there. Um, you know, we have some consistency in the roster. Uh, there's there's definitely depth. We've got a, a very solid wide receiver in AJ Green. Not quite Antonio Brown esque, but this guy's pretty good. Uh, great tight end with Tyler Eifert. Um, those are you know those guys are both probably top five in their positions here when they're um, healthy. When they're healthy, um, you know, it's their defense not awful. Um, actually, you know, fairly solid really for. You know, maybe the best defense in this division. All right, Anthony, what what do you think here? What, what what kind of expectations do you have of the Bengals other than that they'll probably lose their first playoff game? <laughs> you know me so well because that's exactly <laughs> where I was going. No, um, you know, I I think I feel like they might take a step back this year. Maybe that's just wishful thinking. Um, I I don't know. They, they like you said they do have good players. Um 
I could see them starting off, you know, six and zero, seven and zero, like they have in the past, and then you know just collapsing down the and whimpering out of the playoffs. But um, they're definitely the biggest threat the the Steelers have in the division. They could even win the division, you know, if you know the Steelers go through injuries and can't keep up. You know, you could have a situation like last year where they won the division. But yeah, it's. It's an interesting thing here. I mean, we're we're looking at a team that's largely unchanged. I mean, you know, every team's got some some changes going on here, but you know, the their their core is still here, um, and they're coming off of four years of being between ten and twelve wins. But we're also seeing, you know, Giovanni Bernard declining pretty much annually since you know the, these last few years. So. You know, you kind of have the the decline going there. Eifert is a huge, huge health issue right now. I mean, he's he's hurt now. Um, this guy's almost always hurt. It seems like. I mean, he gets hurt a lot. AJ Green can be as good as Andy Dalton allows him to be, and you know, I keep expecting Andy Dalton to just have an awful season, but he somehow consistently manages to be pretty good through the first 10 games and then, you know, steady decline from there on out. That's his modus operandi there. You know, this guy's one of the better quarterbacks there is, you know, through about game 10. And then it's a pretty steep and steady drop-off from there on out. And once it's playoffs, you know, it's it's over for this guy. Um, yeah, I, I have a really hard time judging this one. But I'm thinking 10 and 6 is what I'm thinking. I think they're going to find a way to get to that 10 wins for the you know the fifth straight year. But I don't think it's going to be real easy on them. Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys. Um, I think I'm a little higher on them than both of you are, though. I just I think a lot of it depends, like Kenny said, on the health. I mean, Eifert and AJ Green have both had some serious uh, question marks with their health. Um, AJ Green just can't seem to. He always has these nagging injuries that kind of bother him all year. So, I think that's a big deal for him. Uh, Andy Dalton, he kind of he's a good regular season quarterback. He puts up really good numbers. Brandon LaFell, AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Eifert, Jeremy Hill. There is talent on this roster, and like Kenny, I think said earlier, this probably is the best defense in the AFC North. So they have the makings of a really good team. It's just that down the stretch, and then especially in the playoffs, they for whatever reason they just can't kind of continue that. And but I mean, they they don't have a problem getting there. It's just once they get there, they for whatever reason they they screw it up. So I, I think eleven and five, just kind of more of the same for the Bengals. They have a good regular season because they can put up points, and they I mean their defense isn't great, but it's definitely the best in their division. So. 11 and 5 um they start off really well maybe like 8 and 2 or something and then the second half of the season they kind of collapse mini collapse i guess and then into black yeah basically exactly every season for the Bengals just rinse and repeat basically <laughs> all right well that brings us to the Steelers um you know we've been talking about these guys all all show um we're looking at one of the most probably the most dynamic offense i've ever witnessed um, we're looking at an improved defense, um, not not greatly improved, um, but definitely an improved defense, uh, a defense that's capable of you know 
keeping pace with this offense and you know making sure that that there's there's some wins to be stacked up here all right anthony what do you think here what what are the the overall expectations for the season for the steelers we've said it a million times um and i think we all agree is is, is the big thing is injuries um if they stay healthy they can beat anybody and i would go as far as saying they're the, the, probably the best in the nfl um, but the you know the injuries is a big question mark because you know we like we saw last year they just they just plague this team like nothing else and so far off to kind of a shaky start so if they can stay healthy i could see them winning you know as many as 13 games um i'm sure they'll probably be lower than that i'll go with 12 and 4 yeah, I think you know. I, I liked your your first prediction here. I, I've got them penciled in here at thirteen and three. But you're right. You know these the the health of this team is is going to be the key. But when I'm looking at the AFC as a whole, I'm sitting here. I, I got I got the Steelers projected at thirteen and three. New England coming in right behind them at twelve and four, and then Oakland behind them at eleven and five. So I actually have the Steelers as the number one team in the AFC right now. What do you think, Zach? I agree with you. Uh, I think the Steelers are the best team in the AFC, especially with Tom Brady going to miss a couple games. So, I mean, for the records at least, that it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, and yeah, and like they're not playing the Browns; they're playing the Cardinals. So that's uh, in in Arizona. So and Gronkowski's it's not going to be a game that they're probably going to win. So I, I'm like for all the reasons we've already mentioned, I I have a hard time. After all the positivity we've kind of floated around here, I have a hard time. I got thirteen and three. I have a hard time going less than that, just because there's so much to like. I mean, even if they have injuries, there's depth on the offense at the very least. Like, I think they're gonna be able to hold their own against anybody, and I just think that thirteen and three seems pretty fair. I mean, it's it's kind of optimistic, but I mean, there's no reason not to be right now. I guess there's no way that they win under 10 games you know their their lowest is 10 and that's if they are just ravaged by injuries or you know ben roethlisberger or you know antonio brown suffer season ending industry or injuries as long as there's no catastrophes um the the least amount of wins you're gonna see is 10 and i would actually go as far as saying that the floor is 11 because I just don't, I don't see them even, I don't lo- see them losing six games. Their schedule's pretty easy. Um, it's hard not to be optimistic this year. Yeah, no, I agree. Ten is probably the floor, with the exception of a Roethlisberger season-ending injury early on. I just don't have quite that confidence in in either Landry Jones or Mettenberger to step in and. And, and and be able to to steer this offense in the direction that it's capable of going. So yeah, I agree that ten is probably the floor, assuming no big time injury early on to 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 Ben. I can't believe you don't have faith in Landry Jones. Cannot believe it. Yeah. This is probably the most confident I felt about a Steelers team coming in, in you know probably going back five years now. So yeah, I'm 
I'm really comfortable with this team where it's at. I look for this to be an incredible season. So, all right, well, guys, we ended up running incredibly long here. Um, you know, of course, we're not going to be taking a big look at the off season every week, or you know, all of that. But we certainly appreciate everybody sticking around for this. We, we will be here every week throughout the entire. Uh, Steeler season, or at least me and Anthony will be. Uh, we're going to have some revolving guests floating in and out of here. Um, you know, people with good football knowledge. Uh, but before we do wrap things up completely, you know, we got to get back into this Monday night game here for just a, um, a minute or two. Um, Zach, we're going to start with you here. What do you see Monday night? What What do you see from this game? What What kind of outcome do you see? Um, I think it's going to be a shootout, but not like, <clears throat> not like a crazy shootout. I think, uh, like, like I said, but both teams can score points. I just think it's going to be maybe who has the ball last. I'm thinking like Steelers 31, Redskins 27 on the road. That seems kind of fair. Maybe, maybe more points, but I'm kind of being a little cautious with it. Yeah, I think that that actually sounds pretty fair there. Um, Anthony, what do you think? I think they're going to make a statement. I do. I, I I think, you know, the defense is going to play very well. Um, and the offense is going to be hard to stop. I would go with probably 27-17. Wow. I'm, uh, I know that, that there's a lot of improvements been made to the Redskins defense. There's also been some, some subtractions here, you know, especially with the pass rush and run defense. Uh, you know, they bolstered their secondary here, but you know, that, that front line there, it's, it's, it's taken a bit of a hit. I think that we're going to see big Ben just completely take advantage of these fools and uh, the defense to, to kind of stand tall somewhat. I'm looking here at 42, 31 Pittsburgh wins. Yeah, I mean, I could see that happening, but I'm not going to predict 42. That's, uh, I'm not in that game. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going bold here for the first week. You know, I, I get slammed on this, then you know, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll play it a little bit more conservative here as we go forward. But yeah, first week, man, I'm, go big or go home, right? All right, well, guys, I think that's going to wrap us up here for our first week. Um, we certainly appreciate you guys listening. Again, don't forget to subscribe. We're going to have those uh, subscriptions available here in iTunes, Stitcher, as well as on on SoundCloud. Um, and you know, we're going to be back here next week. So we we hope that you guys enjoyed this, and will will join in with us every week. So thanks a lot, and we will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.